Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm Natalie Bourne. I'm the media host for Thrive Today, and I'm the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Look, I wanted to jump over and chat with you for just a second before we jump into our interview today. Um, You know what? If you've been a part of Thrive Today and listening to this uh, podcast for a while, then you know we have so many incredible materials available for you as a leader. One of our most recent additions is the quarter three Thrive Today magazine, which features yours truly, which is quite an honor to be on the cover of this magazine. But I would love for you to avail yourself to some things that are available to you. If you go over to thrivetoday.com, it's not just incredible magazines and books and materials, which those are all awesome. It's also an invite into community. It's an invite to not do this alone. Part of what's so important about leadership is that you deepen and strengthen your leadership when you do it in community. So we want to invite you to to do that today. I also about to pass you over to an amazing interview that I had today with Brenda Chan. Before we do that, I want to just introduce you to her and remind you that you can also listen to this podcast on our YouTube platform. Look us up there on YouTube at Thrive Today Podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about Brenda. You may be recognizing this name because her husband, we had her husband on a few episodes ago to talk to us about the power of tension, Dr. Sam Chan. Well, Brenda Chan in her own right is just a powerful, amazing human as well. She is actually the co-founder of Dream Releasers Coaching, where she is a certified leadership and life coach, and she's also a coach trainer. She serves as assistant pastor, women's director of ministries, teacher, leadership development, coordinator. She also is a senior advisor to one of the schools that they've launched in India in Lucknow. You know what? She is an amazing, incredible woman, and I just cannot wait for you to hear this interview today. So I'm going to pass us over to that interview now so you can can hear from Brenda. And we are actually going to be talking about her new book today, You Can Coach. Well, thank you so much. It's so good to be here today. It's so good to have my own book, You Can Coach. <laughs> After, you know, seeing my husband do 23 books, I finally have one that's out. And uh, it's a, it's my passion. Coaching is my passion, one of them. Well, we are actually going to talk about that today. You wrote this beautiful article in the third edition of the Thrive Today magazine on Search for Hope. But in this, you talk a lot about self-discovery. And I know self-discovery is one of those pieces of coaching. Can you tell us a little bit about why self-discovery is such an important part of a coaching journey, whether you're coaching a friend or a client? Yes, it is so important that if you're in a mall or an amusement park or something like that, there's a sign usually it says you are here. And so for a person to go where they want to be, they have to know where they are. So think about that image of that locator. Mm -hmm. And so we take a client, find out exactly where they are. First, their own self-awareness and then other awareness, awareness of their coworkers or their peers, the people around them, where they're at. So it's looking at the whole picture of your life and knowing exactly where you're at and where you want to go. 
because you cannot do that until you've located where you are in life. You know, it's so cool to hear you say that because I think about oftentimes when you go to the doctor, they only specialize in one area. And so sometimes it's one area that's causing another area to be off. And there's nobody ever looking at our body holistically and saying, well, the reason this area is off is because these five areas are off and let's bring it all together. And what I love about what you're saying is it sounds like it's this idea of saying, let's look at your whole self. Let's see where you're at holistically so that we can understand where you need to go. Yes, you're so right. And another component of self-awareness and figuring out where you're at, research has shown that self-management is the very best way to make any change, any behavioral change or any other kind of change is your own self-awareness, your own self-management and picking out two or three things that you can self-manage about yourself by setting your own goals. And when it becomes your idea, it's your discovery, then you're more apt to complete and make the change than if someone's looking at you and says, outwardly, you need a change. Mm -hmm. But you don't see it for yourself. Often when you're coaching someone, you can see right away things that need to be done. You can see the answers, but you just have to, we call it sit on your hands, sit on your telling hand until they discover it for yourself and just stop the telling and wait for the discovery. That's, I think, in times when I've been coached, that has been the most important thing, I think, for me and my own personal journey is, to your point, Sometimes when other people call it out in you, it even hurts, right? And then there might be an adverse to even want to change because, man, they just called me out. And now all I can think about is they just called me out. But sometimes if we can get to a place through the right questioning where we can call ourselves out, then that feels like, okay, I can accept that because I called myself out and I'm willing to take that journey. That's exactly correct. That's exactly it. And coaching, is, it's so, we get so, have such a privilege to hear someone's story uh, and what's going on in their life. And we just, we have to, when we see something that needs to be called out, we just have to have no opinion and just bite our lip and not say it until they, until they see it. What are some of the like powerful questions that when thinking about coaching, are helpful. Like, where do you start with your clients or people you're even coaching to coach? Like, how do we lean into some of these powerful reflective questions? Well, it's teaching someone to to fish. That old story, that old adage. You know, do you give a person a fish, or do you, or do you teach them how to fish? And it's really about teaching someone to ask questions. So, you can have a set of questions that I often do sitting right in front of me, but the The main thing is to listen to the story, listen so intently, sometimes it hurts, and and just listen. And there's usually about four or five ways you could go, four or five directions. You can see right away that you need to go, but you just pick one of them. It may not be the major one. It may not be the vein that you need to touch right now, but you'll eventually get to that. And so you just, it's like being an investigator. You just go down that trail and you just get deeper and deeper into that trail. And you just get curious about what what is going on here, what is going on here. And you have to be really careful. The reason I say asking questions is not to lead because there's questions that lead. There's like, uh, oh, do you think you need to see a psychiatrist or, 
do you think you need to uh, go to rehab or something like that? Uh, that's a leading question. They need to discover that they what they need. If they need, of course, there's a point where you have to refer or something of that nature. It becomes pretty obvious, but you can't lead your like ask a leading question. The other thing is to ask open-ended questions where you don't get a yes or no unless you're trying to clarify something. That's the only time that I used a, a closed question is when I need clarifying. And then there's scaling questions mm-hmm. on a scale of one to 10. How likely are you to do this? Or how determined are you to do this? But, you know, there, there's any number of questions. That, it's like, what stops you from doing what you want to do? In five years from now, if you did this, what would your life look like? In five years, if you did this, if you do this, what would your life look like? And what is it? What do you want to do? And let them probe and probe into that and just go deeper and deeper and find out what they want to do. And my all-time favorite is simply tell me more. Wow. And I like that you, one too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you just repeat their story. And so they know that you're listening, that you heard everything. And you pick those one or two things that you want to go down, the trail that you want to go down and just keep popping questions about that. So I'm curious now, let's say that you're in a coaching situation with someone and you do see that glaring thing. And going back to that earlier question you asked, which was like, do you need to see a psychologist or do you need to go to rehab? Let's say we're having a, maybe a crucial conversation where the tensions are high. We know that, you know, there's something going on that we want to help this person, but we can't, we can't force them to arrive at the right decision. They have to get there for, for themselves. If we were to rephrase some of those questions, yes. how could we ask them in a way where we could help them arrive themselves at what they feel is the next step for their life? Yeah. You just, you just simply ask, what do you feel is the next step? Mm-hmm. And you can't lead them into the direction of say, if their problem, I'll just say alcoholism, that they're too much alcohol or something like that. You can't, uh, direct them into that problem. They've got to go into it themselves. So you just keep asking, well, what is it you need to do? I had a smoker one time who's, she blamed her health on everything. She blamed it on home products, home cleaning products and, and all kinds of things. I was like, it's smoking, it's killing you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, and finally she came to the point where, wow, I really need to quit smoking. And she did. Wow. But it was her own self-discovery. So you just keep trying, you know, keep asking, popping those questions without leaving. And eventually they come up with their answer. I was just going to say, I'd imagine as a coach, part of your job is you want the lasting change. And so you may be able to get immediate change by giving them the answer, but that's not going to last because it wasn't necessarily their idea. Yeah. They'll change their behavior for a little while and then they will go back to the same behavior. The main thing is to believe in people. Believe that they they want to do the right thing and they will do the right thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because part of what you talk about in your article in our Thrive Today magazine, you talk a lot about how important hope is in the coaching setting. Can you talk more about that? Because hope seems to be like this foundational part of your coaching practice. Yes, it is. very much foundational. 
listening to a person's story. And I follow what C.R. Snyder, a psychologist, calls the house of hope, Mm -hmm. where you look for hope in a person's story. First of all, I think everyone's story is intriguing and everyone's life story can be a best-selling book or movie. So just listening to their story and finding hope in their story. So the first part of that, it, the building, you're building a house now, mm-hmm. uh, according to uh, C.R. Snyder. You're building a, ho- a house. The first thing you do when you build a house is you find a plot of land. Mm-hmm. So that's the very basic thing is to find a plot of land. He calls that finding hope in their story. No one has a hundred percent bad life. Right. You can have the worst case scenario, but you can find something in that life. I had a pretty bad upbringing, but there was some hope. And there was some hope. There were some good times, and so you help them to find that in the story. Oh, that person who abused you. They actually, there's some good part to it. If you listen, you find something. And so that's your plot of land to build upon. Then there's hope bonding. And that's where you have such a relationship with the individual that you're their hope person. And they can tell you their story. They can have confidence. There's the confidentiality. They know you're listening. And they can bond with you. And they have that relationship. It's not a broad type thing, but it's a positive talk. Yes, I know everything was terrible, but. Can you think about something that happened good to you during that time? Right. Thinking about even what you were saying around somebody, let's say they have had extreme abuse growing up. I immediately, who pops into my mind, maybe yours too, is like Joyce Meyer, who has stood up in front of hundreds of thousands of people and said, because of this, I can help you. Yes. Because of this, I can provide you hope. And so even that thread where we feel like I can't go back to that. I can't look at that. It was so horrible. I can't even imagine how to move forward in it. Just realizing that even if you get to help one person or give one person hope Mm -hmm. with whatever you've personally gone through, then that thing wasn't in vain. And so I just, I love that because it's really taking the word of God says that God will take the things the enemy meant for harm and use them for our good. And so I just, I like that platform of building it all on hope because even in the hard times, even in the rough times, there's something there. There's a seed there that was planted that you can later use to help feed someone else and what they're going through. That's exactly right. So that hope bonding is you're the person, you're the coach. They're telling these things too. And so, so you have the land and then that part of it is the foundation or the frame and the frame of the house. So the next thing is hope enhancing. And that's actually finding a bedrock of hope in their story that you can build upon. You go down, 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 beneath the surface soil and beneath, beneath the subsoil, and you get down to the bedrock and find hope in their story. And when you're building a house, you have to have that bedrock somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of construction where I'm at right now. And to see the field dirt, and we've had some too where there's field dirt in our backyard where it's gone down like a couple of feet. You can look out and see that where they covered up things. It's So you got to hit the bedrock of their hope and find some hope in their story. And then the lastly in building the house of hope is hope reminding. And you keep reminding you didn't have a hundred percent bad life. There were some good things. Tell us the good things and 
or let them tell you, let them come out as you coach them and talk to them. So you have what he calls a house of hope that you build with a client. Wow. That's so powerful. And I haven't even thought about the lens of how important hope is in in coaching, but it Mm -hmm. has to be because coaching is hard work. I mean, you're literally leaning into areas where they might be blind spots or areas where oh yeah oh yeah everyone else sees it but you don't yes. and it's like how do you make that transition how do you change and hope is such an important anchor in the middle of all that change that you're going through and i just find that such a powerful tool or element of coaching and i've never ever thought about that once about how important that is mm-hmm. yeah if you look through the old testament and see the israelites their story as they come through and they'll find hope certain ones such as Gideon he says my tribe's the lowest of the low I'm the lowest within my tribe and God says I'm going to make you a mighty warrior and he did out of just 300 men so and and he actually makes it to the hall of fame into the book of Hebrews where we talk about all the faith people so he takes like the lowest when they find their hope and tells them, gives them a mission and you just help them find that and help them to bring that out. Well, I'm excited because in your book, I know that you're leaning into to a lot of, of these concepts. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about like when you decided to write this book, like why this book for you? Like, is this Tell us more about the the reason behind starting this book, writing this book, and what's going to be in it. Okay. This is the book, and there's actually two versions of this book out. And one's going to come out in December, and the other one's coming out in January. The one in January is actually a textbook to go along with our curriculum, Dream Release Your Coaching. We actually have a program where we train coaches. But this particular one, You Can Coach, is for anyone. It has practical skills, how to upskill, how to coach someone, the purpose of coaching. Uh, We've gone through a lot of the purposes, but some of purposes of coaching are people are stuck. They don't, can't dream anymore. We call it dream out loud at Dream Release Your Coaching. We try to teach people dream out loud. Some people stopped dreaming when they they were children. For instance, I just stopped dreaming when my dream got laughed at when I was 13 and I stopped until I married my husband who brought my dreams out again. And so coaching, I think, can bring people along faster than without a coach. I mean, I eventually got to the point where I said, I had my first 20 years were a little rough, pretty rough actually. And, but that's not going to define the rest of my life. And so I got to a, so what, but it took 20 years yeah. And it, well, 20 plus 10 or 15 years to get to that point. But I think with coaching, you can get to that point. You can uh, vicariously, you can learn from others how they did it. And Joyce Myers, for example, we can learn from her and how she rose above her circumstances. And she let God work through her to bring good out of all of that. Yeah. So talks about the purposes of coaching. And then it goes all the way up to how to create your own business, how to start your business, has some foundational stuff. And then it goes into how to get credentialed. Well, you get credentials as you go along through us, but then 
you can also get take a course that will help you get credentialed with the International Coach Federation, which our curriculum is approved by the International Coach Federation. And so you can help people get them through their mentoring stage and all the way up can't take the test for them, but you get them up to the <laughs> test where they get their credentials with the International Coach Federation. Well, I love so that's, this. That's what's contained it. in the book. And I yeah. wrote it because I had been teaching coaching for 20 years at the university level. Okay. And so it just grew in me and got bigger and bigger till we started our own coaching company. That's amazing. I'm thinking about all the different conversations I have with women about one, wanting to get a coach, but then two, others who really want to branch out into coaching. And so what I love about this is you're kind of giving them a crash course in what coaching is going to be like, what they're going to need to do, how to approach it. And so I love this book because if you're thinking about coaching, this is your handbook. This is your playbook to get started. And so I know that we're going to have some listeners who are, as we're talking, dreams are being released in their mind around the fact that they've always wanted to try this. They've always wanted to coach, but they haven't ever stepped out to do it. And this is, to me, what better thing to have than a playbook in your hands to get started with coaching? Yes. yes. It's 20 years worth of experience and skills and, you know, 20 years of my life. So, <laughs> and my passion. Yeah. I was like, this is a passion book for you. This is, this is the core of, of what you've grown in and who you are. And I love that you're sharing it with us. But in the book, you go through things. We have a model where we assess things uh, when you're talking to an individual. This is things that's going through your head when you're talking. You assess, you let them articulate their story. You bring them through awareness. And then there's a part of called alignment. And that's where they've stated what they want to do. In a portion of our curriculum, uh, they learn how to write their goals. They learn how to write their core values about family, about the about finances, about different topics. They write their core values. So when they're telling you what they want to do and they set a goal and you just, you just ask them, now, does this align with what you've already told me that you want to do. For example, they'll say, oh, I want to set aside dollars so that I don't have to worry about money in the future. I can be generous if I want to be, that type of thing. And then they tell you in the next session, they're buying a car. And so you bring them back into alignment and say, okay, you told me you weren't going to do any spending for a while. How does this align with your goals? So that's accountability. And then you make up steps so that they go to the next level and that advance. And so you just kind of go around in that circle and sometimes you have to go back and do a step again and it's cyclical. It just keeps going around and back and forth. And so that's how you help people to advance. I love And also keep them aligned with their goals and so on. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's the biggest thing. Most people, it's not that they don't want to hit their goals. Step one is getting them written down. So I love that's part of the process. But then step two is that accountability in the conversation where you're continually bringing them back to true north. Well, does this align with your true north? Well, no. (laughs) It's like, great, then why are we doing it? I don't know. So it's really just continuing to keep us aligned and 
headed in a direction that we have said we want to go, but then when the rubber meets the road, sometimes we get a little uh, distracted and we we veer off in a different direction. Yes, that's exactly right. I love that. Well, I I am so excited for um, everyone to be able to find your book. You said it will be out in December. That's around the time when this podcast will drop. Where specifically would you like them to go to learn more about you and then also about the book? Okay. First of all, about our curriculum and our program, it's it's a um, four 10-week courses. So it takes 40 weeks out of a year to get through the program. There's quicker plans. There's other, other plans. That can be found at dreamreleaser.com, okay. that whole curriculum thing, and going into the program. And then this actual book can be found at inspirecollective.com and then backsplash Brenda. Awesome. That's the UPN coach book. Okay. That's wonderful. So I would also invite our listeners to follow you on Instagram at Brenda Chand as well, as you release more books. I'm believing for more books because I know that this one's going to be helpful. So I'm sure you're going to have some part two, part three, or maybe even a collection of books in in this um, series around coaching, which I think would be phenomenal. I'm just prophesying over you. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But I'm really excited to to pick it up and read it for myself when it drops. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners today as we kind of, as we kind of close up? There's one more question that we ask people pretty often, and it's called the miracle question. And I like to ask that question is what would you do? If money were not an object, education were not an object, what what would you do if it, it barring everything? And that's called the miracle question. And so I like to drop that on people. What would you know that miracle question? The other thought I had was in life, life throws you lots of curves, lot, lots of balls. Back when World Series a few weeks ago, the Braves won. The pitching intrigued me. I'm a fair weather fan, so I just started watching it when they started winning. (laughs) (laughs) But I was seeing how important the pitching was. And then, so I looked up a lot of pitches. There's curveballs and knuckle curveballs. And there's even one called the slur ball. It's a slider plus a curveball. That intrigued me a lot. And so I was thinking about life comes at us. All those people, every batter, Every catcher, every pitcher that was out there, and all the bases, they have a coach. So I guess my parting thought with everyone is when life throws you lemons, get a coach. Yeah, that is so good. And I can speak to the fact that I've had a coach in my life for almost 10 years now, and it is a game changer. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Brenda. I so enjoyed this conversation and I I just love your whole family. So I'm grateful to get to talk to you today. Well, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity to be here today. Well, thank you for joining the Thrive Today podcast. Be sure to follow, share, and subscribe on all of your social media platforms and tell other women about this leadership podcast. Look, if you haven't gotten into community, what I want to know is what are you waiting for? Head over to thrivetoday.com and click on our subscription for monthly coaching and also for uh, Thrive books and magazines that come to you on a quarterly basis. So don't miss out. Head over to thrivetoday.com. And ladies, 
Remember, as you lead your life, do it with leadership, community, and strength. We'll see you next time. Thank you.